Good morning and welcome to Calvary Chapel. What a, what a great uh, time of worship, just honoring the Lord. So, <clears throat> today at, at church, after church, we have a potluck scheduled downstairs. If you forgot to bring something, you can join us. We also have, you know, if you're new here today and you don't, you don't know, maybe you haven't heard, but Rich, uh, Pastor Rich had a mild to moderate heart attack and he had um, triple bypass surgery. He's doing well. He's at home. And I have a little message I'm going to read for him. But I've been thinking a lot about heart health. And Anthony's been here visiting. And he, 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 I think it's the, the proper past tense. He dragged me out. He dragged me out to play tennis. Drug, dragged? Dragged? He drugged and took me. Dragged me out to play tennis. And we found this little ball. It was like a kid's practice ball. And it was perfect for us. But we got out there and enjoyed the weather, and it was a lot of fun. So I'm really thinking about this heart health and you know, being active, being out there. And so next week, it's your opportunity to practice some heart health. We're going to Ryan Park. There are directions on the back table how to get there. If you don't, if you don't play softball, you never played before, it's fine. Come on out. It's going to be a casual game, a lot of fun. We have extra gloves. Like I said, directions are on the back just to get out and enjoy the weather. Um, if you don't play, you can certainly come and uh, watch. And there's a, uh, a, tr- uh, a trail that goes around the, the pond. Uh, so it's pretty nice. Just bring spray for the ticks. We're, we're very uh, tick conscious with our children. It's very important. So anyway, so come on out. Get your heart healthy. Uh, that's next Sunday right after church. And bring, bring a picnic lunch. Also on June 3rd. Uh, 9 a.m. is the women's breakfast. That's a, also a potluck-style uh, meal here at, at the church at 9 a.m. So I just want to read a little message from Pastor Rich. <clears throat> he says, Dear family, thank you for your love and support and prayers. I miss you all. Recovery is coming slowly but surely, a little more each day. And I'm confident in the group of leaders God has brought together. You are in good hands have a great Sunday together. Love, Rich. So he's actually at home right now making me really nervous because he's watching online. <laughs> and I paid him $5 to say that you're in good hands. So he put the... Just kidding. No, so God has brought a good team, and, and it's, it really is a team effort, and it's really a, a testament to what a good leader Rich is because we had already been talking about these kinds of things you know, months and months ago. And so we've been sort of putting things in place. And so praise God that that was something that was talked about. Uh, you don't like to talk about those kinds of things, but we, we see God's faithfulness in that. And you know, I'm confident that uh, Rich will be back soon and, and that um, the Lord's going to bring him through it. So with everything going on in the family, uh, spending a lot of time at the hospital lately, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of honor because it's come up a lot. And I've seen people in church even today, and I won't say who because I don't want to steal your reward and you know, mention you before people, but I've seen people bring food. I've seen people stay, you know, Rich's family, just staying at the hospital, being there, stepping up, uh, jumping in where you can, in the body of Christ, at home, nurses at the 
that the hospital just seeing, going above and beyond what is the call of duty, what their job description is, going above and beyond. And it just means a lot. And it's been making me think a lot about our family and our church family and my community. You know, can our family make honor a part of our new normal? Because I think when you go through tragedy, you know, people step up and do these things, but can we make that a part of our new normal? What's normal to us every day, this concept of honor. So I'm really thinking about this. So imagine what kind of homes we would have, or churches, if honor was something we practiced daily. And so the title of my message today is Honor is a Gift. It's not an obligation, it's something we give above and beyond what is the normal call of duty. And so to demonstrate that today, I brought a gift, and I'm just going to honor somebody, somebody, it's going to honor. Well, if your hand's up, you don't get it. So, so Amber, I'd like to honor you today. Please open that and show everyone what special gift you received today. Show everybody what you got today. That is dirt. Congratulations. You got some dirt. So the point of this demonstration is that, and I don't want to leave you with dirt. The point is that we're all put in positions where we have an opportunity to honor people. And often, instead of giving them honor, we give them dishonor. We send them home with dirt. And so, so you don't feel dishonored today. You have... One for you, one to share, to honor somebody else. <laughs> so that's a little demonstration. So we are put in these positions of opportunity, really, to honor one another. And many times, we, don't, we blow it. We, we don't do it, myself included, at home, constantly blowing it, uh, not doing what the opportunity provides. We all wish we could receive a gift, but sometimes we receive dishonor, hurtful words, things people do they might not even realize. So how can we honor one another and God in our churches, in our families, in our jobs? And can we look at every opportunity or every situation as an opportunity to value others? So I, I just want to, my main point today is how honor is a powerful tool to build the body of Christ and to win the lost in, in the lost world. So please turn to Romans chapter 12. So this is my main text, but we'll, we'll be jumping around a little bit. Taking a scripture walk, Romans 12. And we can look at verse, we'll start in verse 9, and we'll read to verse 12 with an emphasis on verse 10. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. So I read on to 13, but... 
I really want to focus on 10 where it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. So when you think of honor, I was talking with somebody about this recently, there are other synonyms that come to mind. When you think of honor, you think of obedience. That's one. We think of you know, children, honor your parents, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. I also think of respect. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. But it's important to make the distinction between these words, and to do that, um, I want to quickly talk about Ephesians 1 through 2. Ephesians 1, or I'm sorry, 6, verse 1 through 2. We see two different words here in Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, talking about children and their parents, the relationship with children and their, and their parents. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So the word in Greek there for to obey is, is to conform. It's the same word we get the word conform. So it's an outward behavior. It's doing something that is asked. You are completing a task, doing an assignment. And it doesn't necessarily require a good attitude. You can obey and have a very poor attitude. And to illustrate that, I have a little, little story, a little anecdote called Standing on the Inside. You may have heard this. A little boy misbehaved until finally his mother told him to go sit in the corner. Reluctantly, he went to the corner, but he refused to sit. David, his mother said firmly, I told you to sit in the corner, not stand. David remained standing. David, David, I said sit. The boy stood stubbornly. Finally, the mother came over, placed her hands firmly on his shoulders, and sat him in his chair. As she turned to leave, however, she heard him say softly to himself, I may be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. So force can create outward compliance, but it can't change inward attitudes. And so someone can obey, and we know that from our children. We can force them to obey, but honor goes deeper. So obedience is on the surface dealing with behavior. We also see the word respect, and to make a distinction here, I'm thinking of Romans 13.7. So you can turn there, Romans 13.7. Very close to our starting text. Now, I, I use New King James Version, but your NIV version is going to use the word respect, so just keep that in mind. So 13.7 says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to, to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear. And I believe the NIV says respect, correct? So we get respect is translated from the word uh, phobos in Greek, which is the same root as phobia, fear. So the word respect emphasizes the fear of someone's position. And we, we should. We should have fear. We should have fear of God, and we should fear his, his power and his role. We should fear certain government offices. And along with that, you, you fear the power of the rank that that person represents. Um, we should respect one another. We should use titles, right? Students at school call me Mr. Montoya out of respect. Pastor Rich out of respect. 
Officer Smith, out of respect, you, you respect the police. Uh, manners, please and thank you, sir and ma'am, those are respectful. You respect the flag, you salute, you stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and those kinds of things. They're respectful. However, they still, they still deal with an outward behavior. You can have these things, yet not have honor. So honor goes a little deeper. So honor comes from the Greek word in that text, Romans 12.10, uh, comes from the word time, which has a feeling of gravity or weight to it. And in the Old Testament, when it says to honor, the commandment, honor your father and mother, in Hebrew, that word honor means weighty or with, with, with weight. And so we're talking about a word that means of great value, of great worth, and esteem of the highest degree. So it's heavy, it's weighty. So the question is, can you obey and respect someone without honoring them? And I'd like to make the argument today that yes, you can. You can obey, you can respect, but you can still lack honor or a heart change. So those who are obeyed or respected, even feared, are not necessarily honored. But those who are honored, along with honor, comes that respect and obedience if it's in the right, if you're talking about the right person, right? If it's God or your parents. Okay, and to illustrate this further, I'd like to read um, something, a book I've been going through. It's really good. If anyone wants the, the information, I can give it to you. Um, Scott Taransky, he wrote a book called Saying Goodbye to Whining, Complaining, and Bad Attitudes in You and Your Kids. Notice the in you also, and your kids, right? So, yeah, the finger's pointing at us, too, right, when we're pointing. Uh, page 19 in this book. I'd like to read this about respect versus honor. Respect acknowledges a person's position. Honor attaches worth to that person as an individual. Respect teaches manners and proper behavior in the presence of others. Honor teaches an appreciation of that person. Respect can become a technique to make a family look good on the outside. Honor builds the hidden bonds that provide strength and lasting unity. Both honor and respect have their place. When children are young, they learn respectful behavior. As they grow older, they can develop a heart response of honor as well. It's good to teach respectful behavior, but it's important not to stop there. Honor adds a deeper dimension to relationships. So I thought that was uh, really, really good. I said it better than I could. So. so for a practical definition of honor that you know, I've picked up from, from the book and from um, from at home, and it really works well with the kids. There's three parts to this definition. One, to honor someone is to treat someone as special. Treat them as special. So showing that worth or value. Number two, doing more than what is expected. <coughs> Whereas obedience is doing what's expected, honor goes a step further, doing a little more, a little extra. And number three is having a good attitude about it, having the right heart, having your heart in the right place. So should we teach obedience? Yes. Should we teach respect? Definitely. Should we teach honor? Absolutely. Because it addresses the heart. Someone has to see the value placed on another as created in the image of God to be able to you know, see them as God sees them, and that will, will bring about that honor. So in the military, we see that. I was thinking about this, the Medal of Honor, the, high, the highest, I believe it is the highest award that you can receive. 
And I, it just makes me think of people who go above and beyond the call of duty, what's expected. They go above and beyond, and that's why they get this medal. And there's a, uh, a, a movie I've seen recently. It's, it's kind of gory. I, I'm sort of fascinated by World War II history and you know, Saving Private Ryan, all those kinds of things. So Hacksaw Ridge is a new movie uh, out, and I did a little research on, on that, and it was just amazing. It's amazing to me how people can do something beyond what you could even imagine humanly possible. And from my understanding, the, this, this man had uh, a faith in God. He was a man of the Bible and the Word of God. So I just want to look, read a little bit about this guy, and it makes me think about the things I complain about, like, oh, man. Uh, so the Medal of Honor, he, he, he earned the Medal of Honor. So he, ref he actually was able to get a deferment, a deferment because he worked in the shipyards, but he didn't accept that. He wanted to go and, and do his duty. Uh, but he did not, he had personal beliefs. He didn't want to kill anybody. He didn't want to carry a weapon. So he joined as a medic. And during the Battle of Okinawa, he saved the lives of 75 wounded infantrymen. Okay, so later on, he received this medal, the Medal of Honor for his gallantry, going above and beyond the call of duty. So I'll read some of the things. Uh, Private First Class Doss was a company aid man when the 1st Battalion assaulted a jagged escarpment 400 feet high. As our troops gained the summit, a heavy concentration of artillery, mortar, and machine gun fire crashed into them, inflicting approximately 75 casualties and driving the others back. Uh, Private First Class Doss refused to seek cover and remained in the fire-swept area with the many stricken carrying all 75 casualties one by one to the edge of the escarpment and then lowering them on a rope-supported litter down the face of a cliff to friendly hands. On May 2nd, he exposed himself to heavy rifle and mortar fire in rescuing a wounded man 200 yards forward of the lines of the same escarpment and two days later he treated four men who had been cut down while assaulting a strongly defended cave, advancing through a shower of grenades to within 80 yards of enemy forces in a cave's mouth, where he dressed his comrades' wounds before making four separate trips under fire to evacuate them safely. Now this is just crazy down here. He himself, seriously wounded in the legs by the explosion of a grenade, rather than call another aid man from cover, he cared for his own injuries and waited five hours before litter bearers reached him and started carrying him to cover. The trio was caught in an enemy tank attack and Private First Class Doss, seeing a more critically wounded man nearby, crawled off the litter and directed the bearers to give their first attention to the other man. Awaiting the litter bearers' return, he was again struck by a sniper bullet while being carried off the field by a comrade, this time suffering a compound fracture of one arm. With magnificent fortitude, he bound a rifle stock to his shattered arm as a splint and then crawled 300 yards over rough terrain to the aid station. Through his outstanding bravery and unflinching determination in the face of desperately dangerous conditions, Private First Class Doss saved the lives of many soldiers. That's just amazing to me. Talk about honor. He honored his comrades going above and beyond the call of duty, going above and beyond what's expected. And it strikes me that they, the rest retreated and he went forward, and that's amazing. And I believe we can make some parallels to our Christian community and our families going above and beyond uh, the call of duty. So honor, who should receive it? Who should receive our honor? Um, so we start with the family. 
the family unit, where many of the things that we learn that we need in life, we learn them in the family unit. Also, the body of Christ should receive honor. Those in authority, the Lord definitely should receive our honor. And if any of if that's not enough, 1 Peter 2.17 mentions all people should receive honor. So let's start with the family. The family is a training ground for life, and that's why being a parent is so, is so crucial, so, so important. What's first learned for kids is often the last forgotten. But we have a problem in the home, and I'm sure you are familiar with that problem, and the problem is the familiarity. Sometimes the closest people to us have the greatest potential to harm us, and the people we are closest to, we find it the most difficult to say the nice things, to do the nice things. It's just, it's just too familiar. And to highlight that, I want to read Mark 6.4. Mark 6.4 says, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. Now, why is that? Well, they, he was in the area where he grew up. They had seen his father. They seen what his job was. He was a carpenter. They see he's just a regular guy. They didn't see him for who he really is. Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah. They did not see him in the, through the right lens. And often, this is the case at home, right? We don't see the people right around us as deserving or fitting of our honor. We come home, put our feet up, break wind, and say, woman, get me a drink. That's, you know, that's every day I come home from work. I just got to stop. I know, no. But isn't that the case? Well, you wouldn't do that in someone else's house. Don't do it in your own house. You know, seeing those around you and valuing them as God sees them. But it's very easy. I know it's hard. So husbands, wives, and children, we all have this opportunity. Um, and one of my favorite verses, uh, Ephesians 4.29, very convicting Right? Our words are so powerful to our children, our wives, our spouses, our kids, our, our, uh, and children, to the, even to their parents, too. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification or the building up according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So every moment of the day we have these opportunities, and we blow it, we fail, but... <clears throat> we can take advantage of those opportunities to build up. For every selfish response in the home, there's an honored-based solution. So again, Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. The home is a great place to practice this scripture. So the home provides these opportunities to practice selfishness or honor. The bathroom is a great place to start. Is it ready for the next person? Ask yourself that, right? So showing honor, doing more than what's expected... Now, typically we think, when, when I first think of honor, I think of 
how, the children's responsibility. What children are supposed to do to me. They're supposed to honor me. That's what the scripture says, right? So let's read that. I think that's important. Ephesians 6.2, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on earth. So we typically, myself included, say, you know, that's your job, so you show the honor. But the truth is, and I'm learning this, if I want my kids to honor me, it's very important that I am showing honor. Do I treat them as special? Do I treat my parents as special? Because it doesn't really say, honor your father and mother until you leave home. Or if they deserve it. Or if you think you should. It's a commandment with promise. And I don't know about you, but I, I want that promise. That it may go well with me. That I'll have blessing. And so I have to ask myself, am I treating them as special? Am I treating my wife as special? Am I treating my parents as special? My in-laws too. I think that's included. Am I doing more than what's expected or just fulfilling my duty and then that's it? And do I have a good attitude? That one's, the, that one's the toughest, I think, because it requires a heart change. It requires the Lord doing some kind of work in me. I, we all can follow the law. We all can do that to a degree, but a changed heart, I can't really fabricate that. That comes from the Holy Spirit. And so am I doing those? Am I showing honor? So that's a, that's a question. Now we have some practical things um, that I, I want to talk about. So how can you show honor in the home? How can you treat as someone as special? What are some of the things? And I bet there's things swirling around in your mind, things you could do or things that pop into your mind. So I, I'd like to mention words. Words are an important way to show honor. Affirming along with criticism. I don't, I don't think we can just say, oh, kids, you know, I honor you, go do what you want. We, we do. We're required to train them, but within that training, can you not yell maybe as much and show honor and value as a person, as them as a person, and train them? Taking time. I know for me, you know, we I have we have five children, and the, one of the biggest things is I don't have time to deal with this right now, so I'm just gonna make you obey and then move on because that's quicker and easier. But this idea of teaching honor actually takes, you got to slow down and take time, kind of talk through it, patience, watching my tone of voice. And so those are the things the Lord, you know, convicts me about. Um, so affirming along with that criticism, uh, paying attention. There are some people, and I won't say who you are, I think you know who you are, some friends of mine, they're very good at paying attention. They know right, just the right gift to get to show that person honor. I'm still learning that one. Like, what, do you, what are your hobbies? What do you really, I know what I like. What do you like? I don't, I'm just not as good at that. And uh, so that's something I'm learning, you need to learn. Paying attention. Uh, verbalizing this when your kids show it. We were talking about this Veracat's birthday party yesterday. And so, you know, I kind of make a big deal about it. Um, you know, someone opened up their home to let us have the party there so that it was, you know, so that things at our house could quiet down a little bit with um, Pastor Rich and everything. And so we said, Varick, wasn't it so nice that they honored you by having your birthday party here? And, you know, just bringing that up in conversation. And then Varick, actually, it's kind of funny. My son Varick, he's just turned four. Today's his birthday. And he said the other day, he's, 
we take him to the YMCA class. He says, Dad, thank you so much. You honored me. You took me to class, and it was so much fun. And, you know, so then he learns that and verbalizes. So that's, re that's really neat, um, and it's something we keep talking about. So treating someone as special, showing you value the person, cards, flowers, those kinds of things, not just on the holidays, but the little extra. Don't do just what's expected. Go a little extra. Uh, so doing, what, doing more than what's expected, how can you do this in the home? I was talking to um, Alex. He brought up a good example. We were just chatting about this. He said, obedience would be like putting the tool back when you use it from the garage. You use the tool, you put it back. That's, that's my rule that you obey. Uh, honor would be maybe putting it back sharpened or putting it back clean or, putting it, or adding to the tool inventory. So that's a little more. How about... I borrowed the car and I return it, not only with the gas that I used, but I filled up the tank. That's a little bit of honor, a little more. Um, you volunteer to address a problem in the home that you see before being asked. That would be honor, kids. You're, smir you're smirking. So to illustrate this, I just really like um, Scott Terensky. He, he, the way he says is really good. He says, obedience does things well, honor does them beautifully. Honor does more than what's expected. It looks past the words to mom or dad's intent. Honor involves being thoughtful and thorough about what you do. Honor sees the need and takes care of the problem. If it's broken, fix it. If it's empty, fill it. If it's open, shut it. If it's out, put it away. If it's messy, clean it. If you can't, then report it. That's honor. That's really cool. I like that. So the last point is having a good attitude. Having a good attitude in the home involves the absence of grumbling, the absence of celebrating yourself when you're doing these things, taking credit, um, announcing how difficult something it is when you, when you complete it. Oh, man, it's so hot out there. I cut the grass. Man, oh, you know, that's kind of, you're bragging about yourself. Being thankful. Okay, we, we tell the kids having a happy heart, having a happy heart. And I think as adults, we can certainly connect with that too. Do you do it with a happy heart? Or do you do it because you have to? Like I said earlier, it's not based on merit. None of us really deserve to be shown honor. If we really search our hearts and we admit it, I don't deserve honor. None of us deserve honor. So it's not based on merit. And what I find is when I show honor, it makes me feel really good too. Not that that's a reason to do it, but I think God blesses us. I think that's where that blessing comes. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And as you show honor, what you find is your life is just filled with it. Proverbs 21, 21 mentions you know, that your life is marked with honor as an honorable person. And that's something I believe God wants us to walk in. It can build the body and it can build us. And it's not to manipulate. We don't do it to, you know, what can we gain out of it or to be flattering. That's not, that's not the point either. Or it defeats the purpose. So let's look in the body of Christ. How, how does honor help in the body of Christ? Paul mentioned in Acts 28.10, during his missionary journeys, he, he makes a point to say, they also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. So they provided such things as necessary. So it's supporting Paul's ministry. He, he saw people's honor in that. They honored him 
by supporting the ministry. Practical things. We also see 1 Timothy 5.17 says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So that's interesting. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. I think of Pastor Rich, and I think of just how many people and just all the different ways people have been supporting him going through this difficult time. Um, That's really neat. And it's neat to see you uh, practicing that and God's blessing will follow you in, in doing those things. 1 Timothy 5.3 talks about honoring widows who are really widows. And this kind of, this really brought up this idea of when people are in a position of dependency, widows who are really widows, they really have no one else to take care of them. Orphans. You know, in God's heart towards these people, orphans, widows, someone who goes through, you know, heart surgery, someone who is going through a tough time, and we would come alongside of them and treat them as special, how that just honors God as well. Um, and, and that's special to God's heart, I believe. Those in authority, okay, we should honor those in authority. Again, Romans 13, 1 through 7 talked about showing honor, fear to whom fear, but also honor to whom honor. And then 1 Peter 3, in the beginning, I had that one. It, was, it, said honor, it says in that verse to honor the king as well. And so this idea of honoring those in authority. First uh, Peter 2, 17, honor all people. And it goes on further to say honor the king. And so people in, lead, you know, in leadership in our lives, our bosses, if you're an employee, teachers, sports, co- your coaches, showing them honor. And it's interesting because you should do this even if you think you're smarter than your boss. You still should honor them. And it's interesting because as I've experienced being a teacher, standing up here, for example, uh, in school, being a teacher, being a coach, you know, having different opportunities, it's, it's funny because you're very critical until you actually do it, and then you're, you think to yourself, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. This, wow, you can, you can have, I don't, you're all set, you're doing a great job. Because once you experience it, you realize that it's not that easy, and there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to go through as a, as a leader. Um, and it's easy to be critical. It's very easy. We find that very natural in our sin nature to be overly critical. Um, my boss at work, if he would only do it this way, he just needs to just, if you'd only listen to me, and maybe you'll have those opportunities if you are an honoring person. You actually might find yourself in more of a position for change if you show that honor. People are going to listen to you more, and you'll have opportunities to, to call shots here and there. So, And if that's not enough, 1 Timothy 6.1 talks about the importance of this in the world. That It says, let, let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. So here we see the importance of honoring as it's a reflection and a promotion of the gospel. We don't want to hinder the gospel in any way by our bad attitudes. So if you treat people as special, do more than what's expected and have a good attitude, it will give you a platform to share 
the gospel? Why are you so different than everybody else at your job? Why do you show honor? Why are you so kindly affectionate with brotherly love to other people? And you get to tell them. You get a platform to say, you know, it's just the love of Jesus. I have a changed heart. I have a changed life through what Christ has done for me. He's honored me. He hung on a cross and, and died and shed his blood so that I might live. And what else could I do but honor him by honoring you? And those are the opportunities that you'll have. Now, what do we do when we don't want to do what we're told? We don't want to obey. We, we see something and we need to say something. Uh, I do want to mention real quick the wise appeal. And you see this in different places like Daniel, uh, Esther. She made a wise appeal. So sometimes we need to say something, but there's a good rule of thumb or a good way to approach this. First, you state that you understand what they're asking. So understand that you want me to you know, in a kind tone. I have a problem with that because you explain the problem. Could you please, and then give another alternative. And so this is a way with it, your, bo your boss, even children with parents. Um, obedience is important with kids. There's no negotiating, but at some point, they need to learn how to function in the world if there's something that's wrong or they don't agree with, or there's a biblical reason why they can't do that thing. I understand you want me to work on Sundays. I have a problem with that because church is very important and it's a part of my religious practice as a Christian. Could I please work a double shift on Friday so that I can go to church on Sunday? And so those are different ways that you can show respect uh, and honor, I should say, at the same time, you know, presenting yourself uh, well with a, a need you might have. Finally, we want to talk about the Lord. We should honor the Lord, and Scripture is very clear about that. And So you can have these same kind of ideas, and the same change of heart can be expressed toward God in our worship. Revelation 4.11. Go ahead and turn there, please. And really, it all stems from God, and so it should come back uh, to God. So Revelation 4, 11. You know, the scene, the scene here is in heaven, and we see what's happening in heaven. We get a picture of what's going on here. It says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And I'd like to jump to five... Uh, Revelation 5.13 And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying Blessing and honor and glory and power be, un be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And so God deserves our worship the, our value, we value Him. It's the highest kind of value. We fear God, yes. We obey His commandments, yes. But honoring God is, a, is even a little deeper. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. So if you're not regenerated by the Holy Spirit, if you're, a not, if you're not a believer, you are not born again, and you try to honor God, it's going to be impossible. You, if you try to obey some laws, you can probably do that, but... It's not, you're not going to have an inward change and a, and a desire from the Holy Spirit 
to, to, to do that, to carry that, to honor Him, to worship. True worship is in spirit and in truth. And so there's a spiritual rebirth that needs to take place. If you haven't done that, all it is is crying out to Him for His mercy, His forgiveness, and accepting the free gift that He gave His Son. It's not a list of works. And so you can do that today. You have that opportunity with somebody up front. You can pray with them. Or you can pray in your own heart to receive the Lord. So this worship of God, this, the highest value of, of worship, this honor, comes from a heart that's surrendered. Yes, he's the holy, righteous judge. Yes, we should fear him, but we should honor him. Matthew 15, 8 provides a little warning, a little bit. It says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Again, we can say all kinds of things. We can act Christian on the outside, but without that rebirth, we truly cannot honor God in the truest sense. And so that's very important. So what are the rewards of honor? What's the benefit to us? So I really like John 12, 26. It says, If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. So how great that is that as we follow God, as we serve him, as we dedicate our lives to him, as we honor him, he, he treats us as special. Did he not give up everything for us? How special is that? Does he do more than what's expected? When we pray, he does above and beyond what we ask or could even imagine. Does he have a good attitude towards us? When he sees us with the blood of Christ, he doesn't see us anymore. He sees the blood of Christ. We're forgiven. We're cleansed. We're no longer an enemy of God. We're in right standing. So he has, he, he, his face shines upon us. He has a good attitude towards us. So God honors us as we follow and serve him. I just want to tell a little, a little story. Uh, Ephesians 6.2, um, in honor of Rich, uh, he'll get a kick out of this one. Ephesians 6.2 talks about the promise of blessings. We honor our, our father and mother, uh, and I believe that can apply to those you know, in-laws, those in the church who function in that role, role fathers and mothers in the Lord, mentors. It's the commandment that comes with promise, that it will go well with you, and the word that comes to mind is blessing. You'll be blessed and you'll have long life on earth. And so when Nicola and I got married back in 2005, a long time ago, um, just like a, it's like, a, like a blink. It's crazy how that time goes by. But so we, back when we were getting married, we were trying to pick a, um, a, a date. And so we, we were determined we were going to get married on June 11th. We said June 11th, that's the date we're going to get married. And we, we went to, you know, Rich and Paul, and we're talking about this. And, and Nicola is Pastor Rich's daughter, so, you know, we're going, so I'm going to the, my future father-in-law. and I'm, We're going to get married June 11th. Well, you know, and there was this big argument. It was he had to go away to pastor's conference or something like that. I was like, well, it doesn't matter. We got, you know, this is our lives. We want to get married. I was ready to get out of here. Look, look where I am, you know. So. I was ready to go. I want to go to Pennsylvania, go start my life, do my own thing. And so we went back and forth. And finally, you know, at the same time, I was, you know, my pastor in Pennsylvania was getting advice and different things, going through this process, you know, and, and this idea came up of honor, showing honor. And so we went to him and said, you know, look, 
what do, what do you want to do? Okay, we'll, we'll do this. What do you want? Okay, let's do it next. Let's do it June 18th, one week later. And she said, okay, we'll do that. I really didn't have the right attitude or heart, which is interesting because God still gave the blessing. So June 11th, it like poured down rain and our wedding was outside. So June 11th is like poured. And June 18th was a beautiful, perfect day. Not too hot, not too cold. Sun came out, shining outside. It was, it was beautiful. And so I, a mentor pastor has shared with me this concept of God is powerful enough to move a blessing and put it in line with where you are, depending on how you show honor to those in authority. And I've just seen that in my life. And try it. Go, you know, try it, kids, uh, adults with your, you know, parents. Try it and see what happens. But I just remember that story sticks in my brain. Uh, God as a test. Uh, God put that in my brain as a testimony of, you know, what God can do, how He can bless us as we follow Him in this concept of, of honor, um, in honoring others, honoring Him. So that reward is is there. Finally, a warning hate to end with a warning, but I wouldn't be doing due diligence if I didn't mention a few of these things. I mentioned a couple of them, but it should be done in sincerity. We're not doing it to manipulate. We don't honor people to manipulate them, which some do in the world, so we're not doing it as the world does it. We don't expect anything in return. Not to flatter. John 5.44, Jesus talks about the Pharisees, how they were good at giving and receiving honor. Now, the word is a different word. It's the word Doxa translated glory. They were good at receiving glory from one another instead of from God. So it's just a, a warning of receive that recognition from God. Don't expect everyone to honor you. You know, to be somebody that is, is giving and honoring others. And so I, I, I must end there. So honor is a gift. So try this in your home, in your church, in your job. Treat others as special. Do more than what's expected. Do a little extra. Okay. You vacuum the living room. Maybe clean under the couch. It's a little extra. And while you're doing those things, have a good attitude. A happy heart. So try it. And look for examples in, in places around you. And notice its effects honoring others. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this concept of honor really stems from you because you are worthy of our honor. And you decided that in your grace and in your mercy to save us sinners. Lord, you rescued us from hell. And because of that, we have a voice that can honor you. And we thank you for that. We, we pray, Lord, that we would use the life that we have, the time that we have, uh, the opportunities that we have in our homes, uh, in this church, in our jobs, to truly honor others from a heart that's changed. And so we ask, uh, especially if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, Lord, anybody who has not received that free gift, that heart change, to be born again, uh, we just pray that you would set your conviction upon them and show them your goodness and your grace, that they would receive that free gift. And Lord, so help us as we go from this place. We do again lift up Pastor Rich to you. Um, we want to pray for his healing and recovery, that you give him diligence to work hard to recover. And we pray for his family, uh, Anthony, Paula, 
uh, everybody involved, that you just give them strength and wisdom to make the right choices and the nurses too. Uh, and so just thank you for them being, being able to help them out. Uh, pray for Nicaragua. We didn't pray for the missionaries, but we you lift them up. Pray your gospel would go forth from that place. We lift up the children's ministry and we pray for your continued hand of blessing on those kids and teachers. Help them to submit their lives to you, to honor their teachers, uh, and to learn to honor you. We also pray for this building. Thank you, Lord, so much for a beautiful facility uh, that we can honor people and we can honor you and we can invite people here. So we just pray as we continue uh, in this place that you would help us to use these grounds to bring you glory and honor. Um, not ourselves, not to build our kingdoms, but that you would draw many unto yourself and use this place as a, as a lighthouse in the community. So we go from here. We pray that you would use us, work through us, change us from the inside, and just help us to, to show this, this honor uh, to others. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, thank you guys.